We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Front officers, sorry. Yeah, I'm sticking with it. Sorry we didn't have a, a show out yesterday. There wasn't a lot going on yesterday. So Keith and I felt like, you know what, it was a good day to take a little bit of a break, a little bit of a cool down, and then we'd hit today fresh. I don't I kind of enjoyed a little bit of a step away. I got a few things done around the house. Keith, how about how about you? I got nothing done around the house. I watched a whole lot of college mm. basketball yesterday, but that was great. Um, you know, this is a great time of year for that with all the conference tournaments going on. It's it's awesome to dive in uh, to those. So I'm really enjoying that. And then I, I um, you know, I'll enjoy the tournament itself next week, of course. But dude, this is great to be able to see some of the guys we don't see like, like for us, right? We're so focused on the NBA. It's really cool to see some of the guys that, or on the draft boards and that and i use a lot of that to kind of uh you know uh guide me i guess is the best way to put it to like who who i should check out and, and as i generally try to do uh it is um you know i fall in love with a couple of these kids and we'll see you know where it goes but yeah it, it was it's been a fun day and then you know, only a couple games last night. We're in a weird, mm -hmm. you know, schedule this week and next as the NBA does their best to avoid, uh, you know, as much of March Madness as they can. So packed Wednesday, light Thursday, packed Friday. But yeah, it, it was good. You know, I was hoping for more out of that Nets Sixers game, though. I, I will say I at least got a little bit done that benefits the front office show. I put up new sand, no new sound paneling here in my studio so it's oh, nice. i can hear it i don't know if anybody else will notice but i i'm I, you know i'm all weird about that stuff so i can hear it. so anyway <laughs> uh but yeah net 76ers and you hung a new sign a new i did sign. i actually just transferred Fine. it from another spot that got taken up by some sound, oh. sound paneling but i brought it over it's a print and i've actually got another one on the way and so i can't wait to frame that one and get that get that up nice. somewhere so i did did a little bit of work yesterday that was well work related or, or whatever um <laughs> but yeah that, that net 76ers game we i was excited about it i think a lot of people were excited about it and the outcome it was the the least likely outcome that i would have expected right like number one i probably would have gone with okay 76ers win by a decent amount close game 76ers win close game nets win the least likely scenario was nets blowout win and and that was what we got, uh, which was was I mean obviously not what Philly was hoping to see, but maybe a little anticlimactic. I don't know what what was your takeaway from it? I guess with all the the hoopla around Ben Simmons and everything, it didn't really live up to that hype because of the blowout. Yeah, I mean in in 
Yeah, anybody missed it. I don't know how. If you're watching this, you <laughs> might have missed. But Ben Simmons did not mm. play. Um, but the fans, you know, they let him hear it. He he was on the floor during warmups, and then uh, was on the floor, uh, you know, during the uh, you know game. But as far as sitting on the bench uh, with his team, um, but it was this was a reminder of boy, the Nets are really good when uh, mm-hmm. you know when they kind of get it going. Um, I also think. Philadelphia, as I tweeted quite a bit about this in the early part of the game last night, they have defensive issues. It, it is an awful lot falls on Matisse Thibel and Joel Embiid to do kind of everything. Thibel's their only real plus perimeter defender. Uh, Harden, we know what he is as a defender. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, not a great defender mm-hmm. either. Um, you know, he he hustles and he tries, but he's just he's not a you know overly good defender. Tobias Harris is okay, um, but it, it just gets real messy for them because Thibel has to take the best player you know on the other end and then Embiid has to do so much for them cleaning everything up inside that it was a problem then when they went to their bench forget it they don't have any good uh, defenders coming in off their bench and they really kind of need Danny Mm -hmm. Green which seems you know kind of crazy at this point in Danny Green's career that we're still talking about this but yeah it, it was tough so I think um you know, it's one of those where I'm not exactly, you know, saying, well, we learned everything yeah. we need to know about these two teams because that's not the case. But, yeah, I stomped them and, and they're they're good, man. They're they're, they're going to be tough. It's, a, you know, I know we always say about, oh, that's a team nobody wants to see in the playoffs. Well, you really don't want to you know, work all season for the one or two seed. And then you got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, yeah. you know, across the floor from you. But. That was, I think, Kyrie, if I got my math right, I think he's only got four more games he can play the rest of the season right. now, um, you know, unless something changes with, with the vaccine mandates. But they've got a whole bunch of home games, plus a road game in New York that he can't play in either. So, uh, yeah, so it's it's going it, to – I don't know how high they'll necessarily climb because, they, you know, they're clearly a very, very different team with him. You know, also, last thing I'll say on it, yeah. he brought it on defense. Mm-hmm. He was that was some of the better defense I've seen him play uh, in his career. He really did did a good job. Clearly, he uh, took it pretty personal with um, you know cue the MJ memes. Um, but I you know with uh, uh, James Harden and he wanted to lock in there and you know Harden was was really really bad. So there was that right. There was the let's do this for Ben type of thing. We're yep. going to circle the yep. wagons and protect him like that type of thing. There was that element to it. And so we had that narrative play out, um, which wasn't what I was expecting. I, mean, I expected the Nets to be trying to defend him and everything, but I thought the environment overall would still push the 76ers onto a win. But now we're also seeing, because we can be prisoner prisoners of the moment, right? And so we we sure. take we go one game and, oh, okay, that's it. That's it. Now we know. See? See? This is proof. James Harden can't get it done. That's it. 76ers yeah. are done, which is crazy. But I do see a lot of people running around right now saying James Harden doesn't have it in the big games. And he goes and he shot three for 17. It was minus 30 on the night. But that being said, the 76ers have been really, really good ever since getting yes. James Harden. And the Nets have not been quite this good. So this was a down game for the Nets, a really up game for the, or I'm sorry, a down game for the 76ers, an up game for the Nets. I think we just know that the East is even more of a jumble than even what the standings might suggest. Because the Nets can beat anybody on any given night. You've got other teams that can stumble at any given point. Who's coming out of it all? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I don't like you said. I don't know that we learned anything necessarily, you know, from this one. I do think, um, 
yo, as I've been saying for a long time, the story for this trade is it's still at least a year or more from being fully mm-hmm. written, right? We, we don't know. Um, you know, obviously if one of the two teams goes on to win the championship this year, then, you know, it worked out, you know, a title is always the goal, but you know, let's see, but it does, you know, I don't think anybody kind of going through things saying that a team is going to rampage through the East playoffs. It's not going to happen. These teams are all too close together. They all, it's weird. They all can kind of, like matchups are going to be mm-hmm. big because there's some teams that are you know better suited to defend other teams and teams that can't handle something there. Like I mean, even though his team got killed, Joel Embiid destroyed uh, Brooklyn's big men early on. I mean, he had 19 free throw attempts at halftime, and a lot of them. There, there were a couple, including the one I don't know if you saw where he shot completely backwards, yeah. and it was like that wasn't a shot attempt. Like, what are we doing? Um, but. The rest were like, all right, there's a, we have no other option but to foul him. Um, you know, so it's, uh, you know, that's going to be tough. But, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I mean, these East playoffs are going to be great. You know, some of the series might be rock fights. You know, it might be looking like we're watching the, you know, the Bulls-Knicks in the 90s, which is, you know, I mean, that's great. I love that, too, because I like the you know, difference in style. But, yeah, let's see. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. And, again, I'm getting more and more excited for the NBA playoffs, which are now right around the corner. Um, yep. Let's move on to the Miami Heat, though. Tyler, Tyler yeah. Hero, the number one seed, the number the one East seed, right maybe overlooked a little. Oh yeah, I know. I agree. I agree. Right. When I think of when I first think of like the top teams in the East, and you know, I I tend to think more of like the Western Conference because of the Lakers and all that. So sure. when I stop and I think about the the East and I think about the top two, I have to remind myself to add in the Miami Heat, and I'm not sure why that is. I can't say. You know, maybe it's just because we look at Jimmy Butler as a different superstar, superstar tier than, than, um, than like a Giannis or someone like that. I don't know though. It's it, the Heat maybe. for whatever reason just don't seem to jump out at me. But yeah, here they are. They're the top seed. They've been playing great basketball this season. I think they're gonna be really tough to deal with come playoff time, and they might be ready to spend quite a bit of money on Tyler Hero this off season. That was a story that came out today. <laughs> Jake Fisher, max contract for Tyler Hero? Is that is that where we're heading, Keith? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, it's funny, too. I'll give everybody the peek behind the curtain. I My initial thought when we started talking about this topic, I was like, yeah, that seems crazy. 
And then I go looking at the numbers. It seems a lot less crazy. You know, I, I knew he was having a good season, but I didn't realize he was at 21 points per game. Uh, you know, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, shooting percentages are all pretty good. 44 from the field, 38 from three, uh, 86 from the free throw line. He's up to three, a little over three attempts per game uh, from the stripe too. Uh, 32 minutes per game, despite the fact that he comes off the bench. That's, you know, it's a, this is one of those, he's more, rather than be your first reserve, he's like your sixth starter uh, in a lot of ways for Miami. Yeah. But I, I think the bigger things with the Heat is, where are you going overall with your salary structures? Because you already have Jimmy Butler on a max uh, and Jimmy Butler signed an extension uh, that'll kick in in 23-24. And to be clear with Hero, he's got one more year on his rookie scale deal at 5.7. So we're talking an extension he would sign this summer that would start in 23-24. But Trevor, here's this that they would have on the books that year. Bam Adebayo, 32.6 million. Jimmy Butler right now probably going to be around 44, 45 mm-hmm. million. We don't know yet because next year hasn't settled, obviously, for that year yet. Then Kyle Lowry, 29.7 million in the final year of his three year deal. Duncan Robinson, 18.2 million. And then the max salary for Tyler Hero in that first season projects to be probably somewhere in the 31 ish million range. I don't. That's not, I don't think that's tenable to have three max guys on your roster when one of them is Jimmy Butler, who will be uh, in that season. He will be 34 at the start of that season. Like that starts to get to be a little bit of uh, where are we going here? And I think that leads to, uh, by the way, this is all from Jake Fisher over at Bleacher Report. Um, This leads to something he mentioned, something I mentioned during the trade lead up to the trade deadline is it's not a lock that Duncan Robinson stays on Mm -hmm. this team. And I think if you're going to max hero out or come close, Robinson becomes a sacrificial lamb for you because you you, you just can't have that many. You can't have that kind of money locked into five Mm -hmm. players. You know, you just you can't build a functional roster behind it. And if anything happens, just look no further than the Lakers this year. Anything goes wrong it's all going to fall yep. apart on you very quickly. Yeah, that, that's the danger when you have a top-heavy team, when you've got all your salaries locked up in a few players, you, yep. d- you don't have that kind of sustainability should you suffer any kinds of injuries or anything of that nature. Um, I think there's two things, Keith, that are really important to remember when we look at this, because I think the general reaction, and I haven't I, I haven't been on social media a lot today, so I haven't seen how people are reacting to this. I believe, though, the general reaction will be, disdain towards towards Tyler Hero. People who are saying he's not worth that, he's not worth a max, what is happening? Why would you give him that? I think there's two things we have to remember. We have to remember number one that not all maxes are created equal. There's a there's yep. a big difference between the, the different kinds of max contracts depending on years of service. So just hearing the word max, sometimes that can be infuriating because people associate max with Kevin Durant, LeBron James, right? All the, these yep. top tier Giannis, right? Those guys. Um, this would not be that kind of a max contract. The other thing we need to keep in mind when we hear max contract is again, there is this kind of knee jerk reaction of a max contract or a belief that a max contract is reserved for the top, top, top tier guys. And that's what a max contract, your one a guy that if that guy, this is the guy that leads a franchise that can bring you to a championship. That's who gets a max. No. That's not the way. In fact, those guys, your Jokic and Giannis and whoever, 
those guys are actually taking a pretty significant discount compared to what their production on the floor suggests they should get when they sign for a max. So it's not that those guys are worth the max and they're the only guys that's worth a max. It's those guys are being artificially restricted with a max salary, whereas the other guys that maybe aren't that 1A superstar that get a max, that doesn't mean necessarily mean that they are overpaid. It's more of a situation where the true super superstars are underpaid. Yep. No, you're, you're spot on with that. I mean, how many years running have we said if there was no max contract, LeBron would get 60 or $70 million mm-hmm. a year, right? Just because it's, you know, that's just how this works. And in basketball is a little bit different than some of the other sports because one guy can truly lift you from okay team to good team. Uh, sometimes if it's the right guy, he can lift you from good team to mm-hmm. great team. Um, you know, with the one player, but yeah. And the other thing I'll add too is it's not always about how much you want to pay the guy. If you want to keep him. a lot of times it's about how much is someone else willing yes. to pay the guy. And when you have a guy like Tyler hero, a young scoring guard, if somebody else is lining up and saying, Hey, we'll pay you 30 you know, million dollars a season on a max deal. Well then for the heat, the whole calculus mm-hmm. changes because then you're either saying, are we fully, believe he's not worth that and we're going to have to let him walk or we have to pay him that even if we're a little unsure because we want to keep him and of course there's always the the side of hey we think he's worth that too so we're just going to give it to him before anybody else can in an extension so this is one i'll definitely have my eyes on i've been anybody who follows me knows i've been running a series of articles over at spot track that's all about uh, this off season's uh individual players so one of the things that we do is we lock in on one player um, they kind of say, here's all the different options for that player. The most recent ones about Zion Williamson, a lot of detail in those. If you like this show, you'll probably like reading those, uh, go check them out over at spot track, but I'm going to add Tyler hero to the list because now this gets fascinating and not just about Tyler hero, but it's about the other things I called out with the heat and what the market may be and all the other things that are going on. So, so he'll, they'll, they'll be one of those coming, uh, you know, down the line here. I think, I think our next one's going to be on Bradley Beal. Cause that's a, another, uh, you know, interesting scenario coming that way, but we'll definitely have some stuff coming now, soon. Let me throw this at you. Let's assume, let's, let's say Tyler hero says, I want that. So I'm not signing anything unless it's that $184 million extension. Give me that. Yep. If you're looking at the heat side of this, you're picking up his option for next year. You could have him in restricted free agency the following offseason. What's what's the incentive for the heat to get this done this offseason if that's what the bar is set at? Um, It can go a couple ways with that, right? Is One is if you believe in the player, you lock mm-hmm. them up. If you think even we can get them at something in the 20 to $25 million range, done. Just get it yeah. done, right? Because then then you're getting them on some form of bargain, you know, but, you know, assuming you believe in the numbers, which which I, I, I was, although surprised by them, I'm not uh, in disbelief of them. It's not one of those where I look at them. You know, sometimes you look at a guy's stabby line and you're like, that's not, like, that's right. an outlier. That's yeah. not real. Um, I don't believe that with Hero at all. I think his numbers are real. Um, so, yeah, if you can get him on anything that's team-friendly, get it done. Um, if he says, no, I want the full max, 
then you got to start to play the game a little bit, right? Is all right. Well, what do we think we can do with these other contracts? Can we move Duncan Robinson? You know, we create ourselves a little bit more flexibility that we need to build out a roster. Uh, Cause you got to start thinking about the post uh, Lowry and post Butler years as well. Um, even though, you know, Butler is under contract through 25, 26, you just got to be thinking of that. It needs to be at least on your mind. Um, and then I think what you do is, so let's say you can't get it done. Now you go to restricted free agency. You still control the yeah. process, but it can get real ugly real quick because if they ever went the route, and I don't think they would. I think their front office is too smart, but if they ever went the route, like, we'll go see what you can get somewhere else and then we'll match it. Then you're on the risk of the most famous scenario, but there's been plenty of others, is Gordon Hayward, right? It got matched, and then Hayward uh, down the line was like, yeah, see you later. Like, he didn't yeah. like that. He openly talked about, he did not like Utah saying, go get a deal and we'll match it. Guys don't want it. It's, if you want me, you want me. Sign me and let's go. Um, and you know an offer sheet's going to have, you know, player option and all right. that other stuff. So my guess is this gets done on on an extension, I'm going to have to really think through more of does it go to the full max or not? I'm going to have to really kind of look, look at that one because, it, like I said, this is this is a really fascinating one because it's not as much just about the player and about here. It's about Miami's yeah. finances and the league landscape as a whole. All right. I think that's enough on on Tyler Hero for, uh, for, for today, but it is <laughs> going to be an interesting situation to watch play out. Yeah. This off season, maybe six man of the year, Tyler. Hero yeah, too. he he might might wind up uh, winning that. Probably, I, mean, I think you probably I should. Think. I mean, he's putting up those yeah, numbers. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. All right, we've got Brandon Ingram out seven to ten days dealing with a hamstring issue. This is rough timing for the Pelicans. Also comes on the heels of, or actually, I think this one came right before uh, CJ McCollum. It's now out with yeah. health and safety protocols. So that's you know, I mean, the Pelicans are right there, right behind the Lakers. Now they've they've made up a lot of ground. Um, and so to lose these two guys right now, that's, that's tough. That's tough for, for the Pelicans and, uh, they've been, been critical for their ability to get wins. So hopefully he heals up and, uh, and CJ McCollum gets cleared and, and can be back sooner rather than later. But, uh, we know with Ingram, you got to be careful. Hamstrings can be really tricky and it's something that can certainly linger if you don't, if you don't give it the proper time to heal. Yeah, I'm less worried about the Pelicans looking at the teams behind yes, them. Correct. Uh, Portland is certainly not trying to win no. any more games this year. They think if, you know, they, they get wins, they're going to stumble into them. San Antonio and Sacramento, they just haven't been able to take advantage at all of, you know, doing anything. And, and I think there are a couple teams that are also pivoting towards, I mean, we're seeing the Spurs in situations where it seems like it should be a must win are sitting four and five mm -hmm. guys some nights still. So I don't think they're pushing very hard. And then the, the, the Kings are the Kings, and we're going to get into a Kings topic in a little bit here. But I think it is, though, if you're the Pelicans, you'd love to catch the Lakers for get nine because you want to yeah. host that playing game, right? You'd rather host it than have to go on the road and play, knowing if you win, no matter what, nine or ten, you're going on the road for the second one. So you'd rather not have to win two on the road. You'd rather win at least one at home and then, then go on the road. And, and it's not – I'm not trying to be disrespectful of either team, but I don't think either one of them are catching the Clippers uh, or the, no. the never mind the, the Timberwolves. I mean, they're, you know, they're the Pelicans are a game and a half behind the Lakers and they are seven games behind that's, the Clippers, which means the Lakers are five and a half. That's not the disrespectful. That's just math. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's it. Right. I'm, I'm trying to, I know our audience. <laughs> I'm trying to be, be, 
be nice, <laughs> or at least a chunk of our audience. Um, and uh, yeah, nobody, none of them are catching the Timberwolves. I mean, that's you know nine and mm-hmm. ten and a half games, so that's not happening. But yeah, so that so you're absolutely right. I mean, it is rough timing because that's your two best scoring options, right? That's the the one thing this team does not necessarily always have is a ton of scoring. And now your two best guys are are down and out. So um, they did sign Tyrone Wallace. He's coming in mm-hmm. on a ten day. They signed him today. Um, he was tearing up the G League. You may may remember him. He was a guy who uh, he was one of the first two way success stories. He, he was really good, um, you know, on a two way contract and played really well for the Clippers. Uh, this is kind of just a funny aside. Uh, four years ago in the offseason, the Pelicans signed Tyrone Wallace to an offer sheet, and the Clippers matched it. They didn't get him. And finally, they you know you Done. get your man, so stay, stick with it and you make it happen. But you know we'll see what he does there. But it's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of Devonte Graham, a lot of uh, uh, Jonas Valanciunas um, for the next little bit. You know a lot of just kind of running, running. You know the old school point guard center uh, based offense until Ingram can get back and McCollum can get back. Yeah, and that's that's going to be it for the Pelicans. We'll see what they can what they can do, and hopefully those guys do heal up uh, as soon as as possible. Uh, the Cavs have signed Moses Brown to a 10-day contract. Would make sense with Jared Allen being injured. Moses yep. Brown, interesting young player at the, the center position that can fill in some minutes there for you. So I think that's a that's a worthwhile look for, for Cleveland just to give it a shot there. And, you know, hopefully Jared Allen can get back before the regular season. But I did see some stuff mm-hmm. that there's, uh, there's some doubt about whether or not he will actually get back before the end of the regular season. But we'll see. Yeah, that one says to me that that's – it's um, – definitely not using medical terms here but it sounds like that is a bad broken mm-hmm. finger versus like a, a good you know, sometimes a, a broken finger is not yeah <laughs> i don't want to say a good one but you know a not as bad mm-hmm. broken finger um because if it's going to keep them out that long that is you know pr- pretty worrisome one on the good front is they had tim frazier on a 10 day um when they were down basically almost all their ball handlers and remember, Darius Garland was running through a mm-hmm. back injury. Well, Darius Garland is now back, and it assuming I would assume they feel pretty good about his ability to stay healthy. Karis LeVert's getting close. Rajam Rondo is also back. So my guess is that's the good news for mm-hmm. the Cavs. Their backcourt is healthy. So they felt like right, we can let the veteran point guard Tim Frazier go, and then we'll go get ourselves the the big man to replace on, on this 10-day. And we'll see you know, what Moses Brown does. One thing I want to jump back to the West just because I want to make sure uh-huh. we note it. Congrats to the Phoenix Suns, first team to clinch right. a playoff spot. You know, very very first team, so they they are in the uh, in the playoffs, and we're not uh we're only maybe another week from week and a half first. away from them clinching the number yeah. one seed. Dude, they're up eight cool. and a half games on the Grizzlies and Warriors, uh, who are now tied for for uh, the two and three seed. So that's a uh, you know, man, the Suns just keep keep rolling on, just keep doing what they do. Yeah, almost no matter who's out, right? They just plug guys. I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten. I think. All of those maybe are pretty close. Didn't have Chris Paul and a whole bunch of them didn't have Devin Booker. And the last couple didn't have Cameron Johnson either. And they just, you know, just keep winning games. They are, you know, they're, they're the best team in the league. It's, you know, I you know feel most confident. I say this all the time on radio appearances and stuff. If you made me pick any one team in the NBA right now that I feel most confident would go to the NBA Finals, I would pick the Suns without hesitation. It's a it's a testament to how important continuity is and how important finding the right pieces is and then sticking with those pieces. 
um, yep. because they they've done that, and you can see it when they're out on the floor. Like they've they've been together long enough to where when things start going south they know what to do in order to dig themselves yep. out. They know where they're going to find an open shot. They know where they need to be in terms of their defensive rotations and everything because they've had so much time together. Part of that is, you know, health-wise too. They've been relative now Chris Paul obviously hurt right now and, and Devin Booker, sure. but for most of the season, they've been pretty healthy. And so they've gotten so many reps together. This team just knows. They they know how to play together, how to get wins, how to get it done. And uh, yeah, I think, you're, I think you're right. If I had to pick any one team to win the whole thing this year, it would be Phoenix, but as we've said, this is also one of those years where there's like what six, seven, eight teams that you could point to and yeah. say these teams all have a shot. Oh yeah, yeah. I, it would not if I was like if you made me go through and like assign percentages to teams, I wouldn't assign them all that high of a percentage. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean they're 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 just really good. And the other thing is too, they don't beat themselves. Yeah, right. They they're just you know you, you, if you're gonna beat them, you have to. You know, go go beat them. I think they are. Uh, they've slipped a little bit, which my guess is Chris Paul being out. But they're right near the top in turnover percentage. Mm -hmm. They don't turn the ball over very often. They shoot it really well. Um, they they just they they kind of do almost everything that 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 you would want out of a team. I mean, they're just you know they're, they're just they're excellent. You know, there's just not a real other way to put it. All right, sticking with the Western Conference, Domitas Sabonis happy to be with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, but <laughs> you have to, you have to <laughs> it's so sad. Like I say, he's happy to be with the Kings and Keith laughs because that's the state of the Kings right now. Right. Um, yep. but yes, happy, but things have to go well for him to stay happy, which I mean, I guess that's he, just true. Like, isn't that true of anybody? Like, Hey, I'm really happy sure. to be here, but if things start to just collapse around me, I'm not going to be happy anymore. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm happy in my marriage, but if it go, goes to crap and we start fighting every day, well, maybe I'll look for a different marriage, right? I mean, I mean it's, I guess it is very true, right? I'm happy in my career, but my boss starts making me work, you know, 12-hour days without overtime, I'm probably going to look for a new job. So. Confirmation that Keith's hey. wife is not in the room for this for this show. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> She's not, but she would know. It, trust me, I can tell. I will tell the front officers, front office nation, whatever we want to call it. If it was going to go one way or the other, it would go the other way. It would not be me initiating uh, divorce proceedings. She is uh, the most patient woman in the world. Uh, as I booted her out of here to record with you this afternoon here on Friday, um, with a with a uh, uh, our daughter who is absolutely bouncing off the walls because because oh. school ended today and started spring break oh, so she boy. is uh you know, pretty fired up but yeah um yeah so just to give give the you know the Savonis quote um because i do think it's it's important um i'm excited i'm excited about the whole journey it sucks that we have that playoff drought but the fact that we can be part of something that can turn it around you know that's the goal come in and change the perspective of this organization what people think we're excited that we can be part of that and building, you know? So I want to stay as long as I can. Everything has to go well, but I'm happy here. It's awesome. The fans are great. I'm excited to see us do good. So I, I, I think that's probably about as honest and fair an assessment of, I got traded here a month ago. Let's, you know, here's where, where mm -hmm. we're at right now. 
Yeah, and I think that what the Kings do this offseason is going to be important. I mean, they didn't come into this yeah. season with the team built around, hey, we've got Sabonis, let's 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 put pieces around him. That's going to come this coming offseason. And so that's where yeah. a lot of people are already speculating, you know, Sean Holmes probably winds up getting moved. And let's see what the Kings do to try to make all of these pieces fit. But I mean, I it's good that he's that he's happy right now. We'll see what happens this summer mm-hmm. and then and then off you go. And look. There have been a lot of Kings players who have said we're going to break this playoff drought. Obviously, it hasn't happened. But Sabonis is also really, really good. So, who knows? Did you see the thing about um, Rick Adelman about the whole Kings about him. since they've been in Sacramento? Yes. Every season he was the coach, they had a winning record. Yep. Every other season in Sacramento, the team has not had a winning mm-hmm. record. That's like that's starts to get up there with that whole up until their playoff thing was snapped. I want to say the Spurs first 44 years in the NBA only missed the playoffs four times. You have one of those years, they got David Robinson Mm -hmm. and the other one, they got Tim Duncan. Like, no, I mean, there's just sometimes when you look at some things and it's just like, is that right? Like it's kind of, I was thought of that too. When I was thinking about the, uh, you know, everybody was talking about uh, Kyrie Irving's monster game the other night. Uh, you know, and it's like, then you see like somebody throws up and it's like, Will Chamberlain did this, you know, 58 times. And it's like, that's not how. <laughs> how is that possible? You know? So if you've seen two, there's people who are like, Will Chamberlain, like his the stats aren't real because there's no video. Like there's a whole thing too about people believe the hundred point game didn't happen. Like there's like this whole thing of like the hundred point game never happened. It was the NBA made it up for publicity reasons. Like that went around. Like it's really, like, really? I, yeah. I didn't realize that was a that was a thing. I'm, I'm like in my head, I'm picturing now Wilt Chamberlain standing on the moon with the American flag because it seems right. like we're putting this in the same category. Like Wilt yeah. Chamberlain truthers and and the yep. moon landing truthers. It's holy yep. moly! Wow, I didn't yeah. I did not realize that was a thing. Yeah, again, get outside, see the sunshine a little <laughs> bit, people. I mean, there is a there is a world out there that doesn't exist in your computer. What there is? <laughs> I know. I, I say that as I spend you know, in a scene amount of time in front of my screen each day. But anyway, moving on. Uh, I should have gotten to this when we were already talking about the heat earlier, just bad planning by me, but the heat uh, are reportedly rumored to be looking at guys like Christian Wood and PJ Washington for this offseason, ideally looking for a partner for Bam Adebayo in the Miami front court. Uh, interesting targets. I mean, just kind of versatile guys make some sense as mm-hmm. uh, guys you can go after. I'm a big fan of Christian Wood and what his game can bring. I'm curious to see what they can do in terms of landing those guys. Maybe that's something where a Duncan Robinson trade gets gets wrapped into this or something like that. But but uh, I, I think interesting targets, nonetheless, to put alongside Bam Adebayo. I think either one of those guys could fit pretty well. Yeah, my my guess is on this one, it is, you know, by the end of this season, uh, uh, P.J. Tucker, end of this year, start going into next year. He'll be 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, years old he's got a player option for next year at 7.35 million my guess is he picks that up um but i'm getting my thought process would be they although he's played great i mean i don't know if he still is but he was leading the league in three-point shooting for quite a while um my guess is they are basically saying like hey that is a shelf life right like sure. like we're we're not going to be crazy here and think that's going to continue you know well into his 40s so my thought process would be yeah if we can get a you know younger guy pj washington's been a rumored target i think the last two trade deadlines too uh for mm-hmm. for the heat have looked at him uh teammate of 
Tyler Hero, I believe, at Kentucky. I think they were teammates there, so that's also something uh, to consider. Um, you know, they they also uh, Bama Kentucky guy. They seem to you know do quite well with the Wildcats. So, um, yeah, let's let's see. I it's yeah, it have to be by trade, right? They're not gonna have any cap yeah. space to pursue guys anytime soon. So yeah, so let, let's let's see. I don't I don't love the Christian Wood fit as much. I, I think I think you lose something when Bam is at the four. I think he's just you lose some of his specialness that he is at the mm-hmm. five, right? With what he can do as as a you know center versus being being a being a four. And if you're gonna have Wood, you gotta that's kind of gotta be what he is, right? They they be your four or five interchangeable, but neither one of them is quite as special at the four as they could be at at the five. Sure. So I love that one. The Washington fit I like a little bit better, and I could almost see this as they go get PJ Washington, and then it's you know hey you're gonna be you know, Bam's backup, PJ Tucker's backup, service kind of the understudy for a year. Then when Tucker retires, moves on, whatever it is, with them, we're ready for you to slide into a bigger role. But like Hero, like we talked about earlier, he's extension eligible this summer too. So mm-hmm. that starts to become a, you know, again, you're talking, you're going to start to get really, really expensive. Yeah. How much does Mickey Harrison want to want to spend and all of that? That starts to become a, a factor. And that could be something where if they win this year, yeah, or get to the finals True. again. Maybe that changes mm-hmm. minds, right? Maybe you start thinking a little bit differently than you would have otherwise. Uh, three-point percentage. P.J. Tucker is currently number three in the NBA in three-point percentage. He's at 43.9%. The guys that are ahead of him, got any guesses? Uh, is Grant Williams still ahead? He is not. He's at number four. Uh, I knew he's he point, I knew Grant. Point four behind P.J. Tucker. Uh, it's a guy who just had a game winner from three. That banked in. Is Doug McDermott still one of them? Nope. Oh, man. He must have slipped too. Uh, I don't know. The banked in game winner from three. I know I should know this because I remember watching it. Banked in game winner from three in a game that Julius Randle got ejected in. I don't. Oh. No, just give it to me. Because I'm not, I can't get the name of it. It's okay. You've got a wealth of basketball knowledge stored up there. I understand. (laughs) Sometimes it gets, it gets jumbled up there, but uh, Cameron Johnson is number two. Oh yeah. Cameron Johnson is number two. Oh, and then the top guy is, uh, it's Luke Kennard. Right after he went on a tear. There you go. You got uh, it. Over the last couple weeks. You got it. That that was impressive. Just getting number one, that was impressive because a lot of people forget about Luke Kennard coming off the bench for the Clippers and everything. I thought that was the one you weren't going to get was number one. Was Luke Kennard. Yeah, he went on a tear over the last couple weeks, I think. He's really moved up. But yeah. How about Grant Williams, though? Fourth. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Pretty good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've I've got Lakers fans telling me like, hey. Let's, you know, whatever, whatever Grant Williams has been doing, let's get somebody to do that. Yeah. He shot, shot 49% from three in the month of February. Grant Williams did, and he's at 40% yeah. so far in uh, March. Crazy. Yeah. I, so I pulled up Luke Kennard while you were, you were talking mm-hmm. there. This is just since, since the, uh, well, I'm going to go one game before the all-star break. He went eight of nine from three, five of eight. And he had a couple tough ones. One of seven. Well, mm-hmm. one of three is not tough. Then three for four, three for five, three for eight, and four for seven. So yeah, you know, ha- have yourself a uh, run here, Luke Kennard. He's, he's yeah. shooting. Fifty-two percent in February and fifty-two percent in March. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. This is probably his best year. Oh yeah. Considering 
a couple years ago for the Pistons, he scored more points, but it was only over 28 games. Um, and he started a bunch and played a lot more minutes. He played over five more minutes per game. So, I mean, I know we say this a lot, but boy, that Clippers team looks like they could be really mm-hmm. good next season. They certainly do. I mean, really, they really certainly good. do. Healthy Norman Powell, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Whew, that could be very good. Yeah. Keep Robert Covington, mm-hmm. uh, Marcus Morris. Yeah. And know what else, too? That's a lot of trade mm-hmm. options, too, if you need, if you find we really need a big or we need a point guard or we need, you know, whatever it is. I mean, yeah, I think they're going to, they're yeah, going to be Somebody tough. pops up on the market. They've got plenty of movable salary there. Mm-hmm. And, and an owner with an almost oh, yeah. unlimited bank account. Infinity money. Yeah. Whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. however, however much he'd pay in luxury tax. He just made it. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was joking because know. Reggie Jackson made some comments lately about the Clippers being the heart of LA, and of course that you know generated a stir and all that. And so we were talking about it on the Lakers Nation podcast last night, and I said one of the things you got to consider, like, like Steve Ballmer has infinity money. Like the Lakers just made a decision to not bring back Alex Caruso in part because of money. Steve Ballmer went, "You're going to give me Norman Powell and Robert Covington, and all I got to do is pay for them." Cool. Let me go check my couch cushions. I've probably got it in there, right? Like that's, yeah, that's, that matters. That matters. So we'll see. Um, Yeah. Part of LA though. Yeah. That's that's going about uh, 58 bridges too far if you're, and I, Hey, Reggie Jackson, BC guy. Well, I love Reggie Jackson, but yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's a bit much. Let's not, let's not get crazy. Reggie Jackson. Let's, uh, let's stay on planet earth. Chill, man. Chill. Yeah. I mean, what reality, what the Lakers would have to be, like this version, because I mean we've talked about it, right? Lakers fans do not this like is the, this the least of liked this Lakers team probably ever. They'd have to be this for a, a decade, while the Clippers won every title, and then maybe people would be like, "All right, I kind of like yeah. the Clippers." Like maybe, right? I mean, and that's neither one of those things is obviously happening. So let's uh, let's mm-hmm. pump the brakes a little bit. But you know, I, I mean, I, I'm all for you know. We saw it last night in that that Sixers Nets game. Give me more rivalries, yeah. right? Give me those, especially those regional rivalries. We can get those things cranking again. I mean, the NBA. That's when the NBA. We're too nice. Yeah. We've been too nice yeah. in this league. Yeah, I don't need you know guys. I mean, I don't need Kevin McHale clothesline mm-hmm. and Kurt Rambis. But you know, let's get guys like K, when KD and Joel Embiid were going at each other and chirping. And I criticize NBA officials a lot. They did great. They just let mm-hmm. them go. You know, and it didn't get physical. It was just two guys yapping. It was awesome. You know, and then, I mean, and then KD came down and felt like made a million jump shots. <laughs> he was on automatic. going to miss. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. But, yeah, sorry. That was just a little little, little side. T- it's Friday, it right? That's what we I, And I was just thinking, I should have had something better saved and reserved to finish off the show with. But all I've got left on our notes here is Cam Reddish. Out for out for the season, so that, <laughs> that yeah, sucks. that's that's not a great one to to finish on. But yeah, yeah I mean that's tough too because he was starting to get some minutes. Yeah, for, for them as well. I think the Knicks were starting to starting to maybe realize, hey, we should probably you know look a little little differently here. But they've won three in a row. They're kind of hanging around the back end of the playing chase. You know, it doesn't seem like the Hawks or or Hornets are overly interested in putting this thing away. Mm-hmm. They should have. You know, by now, and uh, Wizards and Knicks are just kind of hanging around there, just enough to to stay interesting. And you know, you know, with those two teams, I think they both would like to get into the into the playing if they they can, even if they probably shouldn't. Yeah. You know, you should probably just you know take your step back and take your draft pick. But 
yeah well that's that's it for today heading heading into yeah. the weekend that's all i've got i don't really have much to add on on cam reddish uh and the knicks they're i mean they're one of the teams that's in the hunt i don't know if they actually catch up but we'll see yeah. we'll see kind of don't want them to i think the hawks and hornets are yeah. more interesting mm-hmm. in the in the plan than the knicks or the wizards would be but you know i mean i just kind of want to go let's go into the last week with the six seven eight spots in each conference and then the maybe 9 10 11 12 in each conference like if it's tight like that'd be yeah. awesome right that's what we want we want these tight tight races because i think seeding in general is going to be super mm-hmm. especially in the east i mean we're down to four games separate the heat in one and the celtics in five so that's you know i mean that's a bad week in a good oh, yeah. week away from Talk about a completely different that's conference. that's a hamstring so. strain away from massively changing the entire seating right you got a little 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 late breaking news Uh-oh. ready yeah huge league changing the rockets have decided to guarantee the salaries for garrison matthews and kj martin for next season oh there you go not league changing i was being there you go. Yeah. obviously <laughs> but that's good i think those are good uh-huh. good uh good um you know good good moves by houston mm-hmm. right those guys are both i mean garrison matthews should never should have taken that long no. anyway and mm-hmm. you know thankfully now he's there uh for good and then uh yeah kj martin that's you know good for him too i like yeah. kj martin he's tough he's uh he does have a little bit of his dad's game right i mean he wants to dunk on everybody right that's he's true i was gonna say he, can, he shoots the three at a much much better yeah. level but yes you're right yeah and he's not quite as mean as his no. dad was on defense um, but, but I mean, he's like, he, you know, he get, if he can put you, I was going to say put you on a poster, but I guess that's not really a thing anymore. Uh, if he can gift you, <laughs> he, he's going to get you. I almost, I feel anytime Kenya Martin gets brought up, I feel bad because he was a pretty good player, but I can't hear the name Kenya Martin without going, God, that was an awful draft that year. Oh, oh, just cool. terrible. Yeah. Just Horrible. terrible. Yeah. I mean, he got drafted number one overall after tearing his ACL, like I'm, two or three yeah. months before the draft. This happened in the, I think it was in the conference tournament that he got hurt um, for Cincinnati yeah. that year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing too, a um, couple people have asked, we will do this year. We, we didn't last, just last year, everything was thrown off. It was also still, everything was so compressed yeah. and all that. This year we are going to uh, effort to have some draft people yeah. on uh, ahead of the draft so that they can kind of fill us in and, you know, help, help us understand. We'll, you know, obviously we're starting to starting to learn some of the names and study these guys a little bit to understand as we get to the draft. But we'll have some people on who that's what they do. Um, uh, between Trevor and I, we've got some pretty good contacts of folks we can, can get in here that, that'll be able to really educate. So we'll, we'll get into that and we'll, we'll learn about it right along mm-hmm. with you guys watching. And that's right. That's right. A lot of things in the works coming up for the NBA front office show. I think yep. we can head off into the weekend. Now front officers, thank you for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the channel. Don't forget to turn on notifications. If you're listening to the podcast version, give us that five-star review over on Apple podcast really does help us out. And leave us a little comment in there. Let us know what you what you think about the show and, and all that. We yes. certainly appreciate love going through there and reading those. And then if you're over on Spotify, that that uh, review there would help as well. Hey, we did get a couple more iTunes reviews awesome. too. Yeah. That, that, 
I saw that a couple more people jumped in there. So that, that's always cool. Thank you guys for, for that as well. That is a uh, helpful. I, um, I don't well, one. I don't know that it's necessarily appropriate to, to read. So I, <laughs> I won't, it, it was nice and it made me laugh, but I, uh, you know, don't, don't know that, but I, I will read this one. Um, I don't know how to read the name. Um, so I'm not going to do that, but it says Trevor and Keith do a great job of covering NBA news, rumors, and possibilities in an era full of hot takes. I enjoy their level-headed, informative, and factual show. These two love their respective teams and the sport as well. So that is, uh, I think, That's, I think that is, uh, understanding the mission, right. Of a front office show. So we, we, uh, very much appreciate that. Um, I will say this too. I'll have it up, uh, some point probably on monday um i'm gonna create a bracket group um if people want i'll do it over on espn's tournament challenge uh jump in i'll just call it the front office show tournament challenge or whatever there's not gonna be any kind of prize beyond bragging you know rights but if uh you know if if you win it you know i'll promise we'll give you a shout out you can fire off a couple hot takes and i will uh make sure we we i will read them on the show provided they're appropriate um there but but that that'll be the prize you know you, you'll get your your little uh pseudo guest spot on front of the right. show we'll uh we'll fire it off so I'll, I'll have that out there and you guys can uh you know, watch my horrible takes as i pick every school from new england to go way further <laughs> than they probably should i like it i like it i'm looking forward to that with that everybody i appreciate you coming in have a great weekend see ya and stay safe